Welcome to Our Connected World, a podcast series from TE Connectivity featuring straight talk for engineers about today's technology trends and the technical challenges in driving innovations crucial to making the world safer, sustainable, productive, and connected. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Connected World, a podcast from TE Connectivity. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Thank you for joining us for this podcast today, where we're discussing the future of renewable energy. So we're going to talk about what we mean when we say renewable energy sources, You know what, what barriers exist to adopting more renewable energy sources, and so, so much more. And joining me here on the podcast today, I'm thrilled to welcome Dr. Thomas Schipf. He is the VP and CTO of Energy at TE Connectivity. Dr. Schipf, thank you so much for joining us. Hello, and uh, thank you for having me. Well, we are thrilled to have you here on the podcast today, sir. And so let's let's start off today just by talking a little bit more about what we mean when we talk about renewable energy sources. So when people say renewable energy, what exactly are we talking about? Well, uh, when we say renewable energy sources, we mean mainly freely available primary energy sources, such as hydropower, wind, and solar. Those are naturally replenished. So day after day, the river flows, sun shines, and the wind blows. At DE, actually, we mainly mean solar and wind when we talk about renewables. So a question that a lot of people are going to have is that we've been discussing renewable energy sources for a long time, and, and people are going to want to know, you know, why is it taking so long to implement some of these energy sources? Yeah, that, uh, that's a good one, actually. And when we refer to the implementation, I would say we mean the industrial implementation. And from my perspective, it simply took a while to get the costs down. So, for instance, initially, subsidies were necessary to install and develop a scale of solar. And today, in fact, the overall cost of electricity production by solar PV is already the lowest with a more favorable return on investment in well-suited regions. So with a lot of sun. Absolutely. And so one of the things that, that we've really seen is that demand for renewable energy sources has, has certainly risen as people have gotten more interested in them. So in your mind, what has changed to help drive this demand and the adoption of renewable energy sources? Well, I would say on the one hand, renewables needed uh, to become simply financially attractive. So the average uh, return on investment uh, of a traditional solar farm is between 10 to 20%. So most solar farms pay off their system within five to 10 years, and then have at least 30 years of free electricity after that. And on the other hand, people are becoming way more aware of the effects of climate change. And as we most recently also saw, of the effects of our dependency on fossil fuels. So in the past 50 years, we have been confronted with fivefold increase in weather-related disasters, which are now happening way closer to home and have put an intense focus on finding more sustainable solutions by organizations, governments, communities across the planet. And what I also want to mention is that the most recent Ukraine crisis actually has the potential to further accelerate Europe's trend toward renewables as it seeks to reduce its reliance on Russian gas. 
Mm, that's a that's a really good point. Um, that that certainly brings in another angle to this. And so, w- what are some of the less discussed constraints, maybe that that utility providers must address to adopt reliable and cost effective renewable energy technologies? And what are some of the solutions discussed in the industry for addressing these constraints? Well, one is actually the volatility of wind and solar as energy sources. Since the sun is not always shining and the wind not always blowing. During these times, the energy output is less than the installed uh, nameplate power of a wind turbine or a a solar uh, farm. And as a result, these plants need a backup power source, such as, for instance, a large scale storage, or they can also be paired with other energy sources that can fill in during these times. Solar farms, uh, for instance, have a capacity between 10 to 25%. And that means that depending upon the location, they are producing maximum power more than 10 to 25% of the time during the year. Nuclear power in comparison is at 90%, hence uh, about 3.5 times more reliable than solar. And to give another example, the largest offshore wind farm in the world at the moment is Horn C1 in the North Sea that has an installed power of 1.2 gigawatts. And if we assume a capacity of about 40%, then we can expect it to power about 400,000 homes in the US or 1.1 million homes in the EU. Wow, those are some really incredible numbers and fantastic to hear. So tell us a little bit about the, the customizable trunk solution and why this is an important development in the evolution of the solar farm. Well, with the customizable trunk solution, we could slash the installation costs by up to 40%. And this can be a major factor, a major deciding factor, actually, in whether many of these projects ever become a reality. And with it, we have uh, simplified conventional solar farm architecture by combining the solar strings directly at the trunk connection and hereby reducing a number of cable runs required. This also allows for the centralization of disconnect boxes, clustering them at the inverter pad, which further improves safety, efficiency, and total cost of ownership of the solar farm. And as a result, our customers have uh, saved millions of dollars in materials, installation, maintenance costs, as well as savings from running more efficient operations. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things we've also talked about here on the podcast today so far has been wind power. So how has wind power changed over time and and what contributions has TE made to this evolution? So wind turbines uh, have actually increased in size from about three megawatts in 2010 up to 14 megawatts today. And they are projected to deliver 20 megawatts by 2030. The largest turbine in the world is today the Heliad X 14 megawatt turbine with a capacity factor of 60 to 64%. And it's actually interesting, it can power one UK household for two days in just one rotation. And the trend is clearly towards offshore wind generation because wind speeds offshore tend to be steadier than the one on land, hence yielding a more reliable source of energy. And in the meanwhile, demand for onshore wind has declined as turbines have steadily grown in size, amplifying resistance from the general public 
and adding a complexity to meeting local regulations. So for instance, in Germany, turbines must be 10 times their height away from the closest home. And as TE, you asked me the contribution of TE, right? So as TE, we have contributed with the proper connectivity solutions in terms of size, voltage level, and reliability, of course. I mean, these turbines and connections, they need reliable performance while withstanding constant abuse from corrosion salt water and worsening storms. It's also immensely expensive to fly personal and equipment out via helicopter for installation. And these challenges increase the importance of addressing maintenance needs quickly, reliable, and as infrequently as possible. Also, the more that can be pre-installed, the better. So we have developed streamlined yet resilient connection systems with simplified installation to address these challenges and minimize costs. So for instance, only one worker is needed to mount our high voltage switchgear connector for offshore turbines. And these efficiencies really help make wind power more competitive from both a cost and reliability standpoint compared to uh, traditional energy sources and incentivize stakeholders to make the transition. And all the while, we work constantly to develop solutions that will serve increased power generation capacity and further forms of renewable generation, such as floating wind farms. Fantastic, fantastic stuff. Now, you mentioned installers there. Let's shift our focus to talk a little bit more about installation and installers. How is TE addressing the needs of the installers in design and manufacturing of solar and wind energy systems? Well, TE has been in the energy business for more than 60 years and has always been working close with installers, understanding their needs and pain points, uh, that uh, concept of total cost of ownership. So basically, it's in TE's DNA to consistently develop solutions uh, that address those. So that the the customizable trunk solution for solar or the high voltage switchgear connector for offshore wind turbines, both of them allow for simplified installation and provide significant saving highest reliability. And on top of that, we have a professional training program for installers. So to give you a number, globally, we have been training more than 2,500 participants annually on high and medium voltage products. Excellent, excellent stuff. That's that's fantastic to hear. And so what does the next phase of maturity in renewable technologies look like? And what's driving some of these trends? And specifically, what has you and your team excited about making renewable energy more reliable and more efficient at power distribution? So available space for setting up renewables is becoming more and more a challenge. Hence, a trend to floating offshore solutions for both wind and solar. These come with new and more demanding challenges with increased environmental requirements for the connections as well as higher voltages to deal with. I mean, today we are at uh, 72 kilovolts for high voltage connections. And for the next generation, we are talking 132 kilovolts. That's about the double. And this is really exciting for every engineer. Once again, you know, we can be at the forefront of technology with new materials, connector designs, monitoring system, and uh, with that uh, contribute to a better, more sustainable world. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll wrap up here with, with this question, kind of looking ahead more towards the future, Dr. Ship. So uh, what do we expect to see more of in the future, especially when it comes to the industry as a whole and the engineering partnerships? Well, I believe that we can expect a more symbiotic uh, relation between capacity and demand. So smart energy networks, knowing where, what, and how much energy is available on the one hand, and on the other hand, where is what and how much demand. So source and load management systems will work closer together for seamless operation so that the power stays on. Hmm. And the power grid now has to cope with an increasing number of more difficult to predict renewable energy sources. And we, we uh, talked about this a little bit before. And at the same time, electricity is taking a more central role in fulfilling our everyday needs, including the mobility. Just think of the electric vehicles now, lighting, cooking, heating, and cooling. And with this, I believe that the digital technologies will play an increasingly essential role, requiring a higher number of sensors at critical connection points in the power and uh, distribution grid. And this is also why at TE, our connectivity components have already been developed with integrated or retrofit sensor technologies. Dr. Thomas Schipf, VP and CTO of Energy at TE Connectivity. Dr. Schipf, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast today and uh, telling us more about what's going on in the world of renewable energy sources, what the future holds, and so much more. It's been a pleasure having you on today. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And everyone out there, thank you for joining us today very much. We appreciate your time and your uh, your attention here on the podcast. Like I said, we appreciate it very much. Of course, for more, you can always head to te.com to learn more about TE and their solutions in this world of renewable energy sources. And of course, while you're there, you can see more episodes of the podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast, both on the website, but also on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, you can be sure to find more episodes and stay tuned. We'll be back soon with more episodes of the show. But for this one, for my guest today, Dr. Thomas Schipf. I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for tuning into our conversation. You can learn more about the solutions we discussed today by visiting te.com, where you can connect with our engineer support teams and sign up for Circuit, our monthly trends newsletter featuring a selection of articles on tech innovation written by engineers for engineers. To find out more, follow us on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts, as well as LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, think big, move fast, and make every connection count.